Kawhi alone inside. He's got the breakaway with the touch to the right. Go! Official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by Summit Brewing Company. Greetings from the frozen north. This is the People's Pitch, the one, the only official podcast of Minneapolis City SC. I am your host, Nate. With me, as always, is Eden Prairie's hardiest Viking warrior, John Bisworm. John, have you been cooped up in your house all week like I have? How are you holding up? Well, first off, Nate, I want to be totally dis- disconnected from anything Viking related. Um, <laughs> oh, yes. But, I, <laughs> but I'm good, pal. I, I just kind of opened up the, the fully stocked panic room and uh, I've just been getting after it all week. <laughs> just, <laughs> just drunk on canned peaches and old yeah. schnapps. So many pickled vegetables. <laughs> well, this and is bottle, and bottled water. Yeah, that's this is the kind of week that makes uh, the NPSL season feel really, really far away, man. But yeah. uh, we've got plenty of league and some team tidbits to talk about tonight uh, to keep the city-loving pipes from freezing up. I guess those pipes would be our audience's ear pipes. I don't know what I was going for with that one. Um, but this week it's we're talking. Cold to, here. Yeah, this all one. The pipes. <laughs> all your pipes. Um, <laughs> This week we're talking about VSL, VSLT going on break. Um, this news that Twin Stars is now Maple Brook, or is is Maple Brook now Twin Stars? Finkel is Einhorn, and Einhorn is Finkel. <laughs> Who knows? Um, and we are signing players. This, the club is signing some players. We will talk about the first uh, first few fish to jump back in the city boat. And maybe, John, I'm going to get you to talk a little bit more about the invite-only trials that just ended. The secret invite-only trials. Maybe. But um, while we are just getting started thinking about soccer and just signing some players, um, our cousins across town played their first preseason game uh, this week. John, did you see the, the result that Minnesota United went down to Tucson and beat FC Tucson? Something like... Nine to two in an open friendly, or I guess it wasn't open, but it was open enough. Right. Well, and they had some trialists there, but I mean, if you look at the scoreline and and you're familiar with any any uh, of the matches that we had when we played against them, we've never given up nine goals. That's weird. The MLS side, yeah, and you know, I think our worst defeat was six to one, and that was our U twenty threes. And those were like real players that you were playing against. This time it was like. Two trialists scored hat tricks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of crazy. Like, is that did they pick FC Tucson because they were any good, or is that well, what are you gonna what are you gonna learn from these trialists in in this kind of a dick stomping? Right. I mean that that's one of the things. Um, you know, and uh, you have to think about it too in the in the landscape of like lower division soccer. Like a lot of those, I mean, Tucson's pretty high up on the pecking order in the, in our closed system. Yeah. But, but I mean, still like they, they probably aren't really prepared. You know, if you look at some of the other USL teams, like yeah. they're just kind of signing their players right now. And you'd have to think that, you know, it's, it, it, it maybe would have been worth a, a call to us to play them at home. Yeah. You know, maybe out and out, uh, up in Blaine. 
um, indoors where we could have played them. Um, I know they were there for camp, but in warm weather. But you know, with the guys we could put on the on the field, uh, you'd think that it maybe would have been a little bit bigger of a test. But, yeah. So if hey, you're listening, Manny, give your guys a real challenge and play Minneapolis City and more friendlies. Well, you want to hear something funny? So uh, I I was in as you know I was in Switzerland last week for my my day job. Uh, I'm coming back through customs and I I turn around and look behind me and who's like five people behind me? Manny Lagos. No way. <laughs> yeah. So uh, didn't get a chance to, uh, to to rap with him. I'm I'm sure he might pretend he didn't know who I was, but um. <laughs> I wonder what he was doing out there in Switzerland. I don't think he was in Switzerland. He might have been coming back from say France. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a watch going on for a specific French defender. So, oh yeah. Yeah. So you, you never know. He might've been out there doing his, doing his job, but yeah, he was behind me in customs. Huh. <laughs> well, John, let's get local. Um, VSLT tweeted out last week that they unfortunately will not be participating in the upcoming NPSL season. Um, they said, in their tweet, VSLTFC remains an active club, but due to some challenges, we will take a one-year hiatus from NPSL soccer. We will remain in the league with our friends in the NPSL North Conference, and we will return stronger in 2020. Thank you for your support. Let's start the show really with this news, John, because it raises a few questions, and it's a move with, with I think, some important ramifications for Minneapolis City. Um, first of all, you can just take a one-year hiatus from the league. That's news. Yeah, that's correct, Nate. The NPSL has a built-in option for teams uh, that, for a qualified reason, in co- I'll put it qualified in quotation marks. Mm-hmm. Like I guess it's kind of a case-by-case basis. But if they deem that your reason is uh, is good enough, um, they allow you to take a break from the league without having to completely fold and pay that the, the penalty. And I actually find that as a really great option because in lower level soccer in the U.S., it's very hard to run a team. Yeah. I mean, very hard. Yeah. And and sometimes teams are owned by one person, and that person takes the full burden of what, what it takes to run the team's logistics or the financials fall solely on that owner. Um, and, and not knowing the inner workings of VSLT and what those are. Uh, I'm sad to see them out of the league this summer. I, I've been very vocal about how they're one of the the few teams in the north that I really, I really like <laughs> that we play against. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm glad to see that they're not out of the league totally, uh, and at least have the ability to take the season off versus them falling into the bucket of failed NPSL teams that continues to grow every year. Um, you know, there's a historically large list of those teams, and I know. Uh, they probably did their best to stay in the league, but I totally get the need for a timeout. I, I totally get it. Yeah. I, you know, when you put it that way, I guess you, you never know. That's nice that they have that policy because you never know what you're going to get into. Um, if, when you, when you get into lower level soccer there, it, it is quite chaotic and, uh, and it's nice that they give owners the opportunity to kind of take a year off to, to get their shit together as it were. Um, so, but people might be asking, how does a team that was like a playoff contender for most of the 2018 season effectively like fold up just a few months later? Like what could have gone wrong? Feels kind of like a money thing, but you never know. Right. I mean, it could be financially charged, Nate, but I don't know if that's the case here. Um, you know, like I noted, sometimes teams at this level have just one person at the top of the pyramid Mm -hmm. and all of the things that you have to think about fall on that person. And I mean, and all the, like the, 
the rules the league makes you follow and be compliant against, you know, it's tough for difficult a group to get of it together. To yeah. Um, so I mean, uh, in this case, you know, it's just Juan Juan Fizz, and he's a great guy, and I know he's got a lot going on in the soccer world with his men's league club, and they're you know they have a couple different teams in there, and um, you know, and like most of us likely a lot going on outside of it too you know you never know what it what the the reasoning is and you know i, I kind of don't care to know because it's not my business but yep. I, I feel for him having to make this call um and i don't want to create a rumor mill around why um they decided to take a break i i, I just don't feel good about that yep. but i also feel for the players you know you have to now quickly look for another team the teams may have already begun or have finished their plans for their rosters by now and you could see some real quality trickle down, I guess, into the men's league as a result instead of elsewhere. But we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah, I mean, imagine it feels like with Juan running the show over there, it would feel like if it was just you running Minneapolis City and we would have all of after first year. <laughs> and all of this and all of the Stegman's clubs at the same time. Right. Like, yeah, and VSLT has, you know, two or three levels of of teams that are playing in the amateur amateur leagues plus their NPSL team. It's they just, play in, they play in like Hispanic tournaments throughout the year. Too, yeah. So there's a lot there's going a lot on there. So it makes yeah. sense that, that, you know, he needs to kind of um, regroup as it were. But mm-hmm. so there's a second reason that I think that this is, and you kind of touched on it, that this is a significant development for city. Um, so first, well, actually, there's two reasons. So first, there's two fewer games on the schedule for us against a team who's. It seems like we've got their number, so that's kind of a that's kind of a bummer. And that is that means that six very attainable points are just like vaporized off the table. Mm-hmm. Does that is that going to change the mentality of how City approaches games? You know, every match to us is a must win, considering our division. Um, and and we know that we have always had a target on our backs every time we step on the pitch. Yeah. So. So yes, in the in the past we've taken points away from them, and or we've just completely won the Green Line Derby um, in general. Uh, so it it does sting a bit if if we were if we were to continue that trend. But with that said, we're not really putting an emphasis on the season uh, because we don't have another potential six points for the taking. We're just going to continue to do our business. Yeah, and and we're going to have to look to create uh, an experience for our fans uh, for an additional game at home outside of VSLT. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, but you know what I'm saying? Like this is a team that could have swiped a couple points here and there from, from the likes of med city and Duluth. Absolutely. And they did. And they, yeah, and they did. And so it's nice to be able to say you guys, you know, our two biggest competitors in the league don't get their points from VSLT, but we do. That's a nice bonus. um, That sucks that it's gone. Because I don't see any other league, or any other team really playing spoiler in the way that VSLT did this last year. I mean, but... we've always talked about how Med City should be there. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they've been listening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I guess the second thing that that you mentioned earlier is that there are there are, there is a core of players on the VSLT VSLT team that really can ball, and they might want to stay in the NPSL this summer. Do you expect? that uh, the, like the likes of Duluth or Med City start to make kind of a mad rush for some of these guys now that they might be unaffiliated? Well, there's no doubt that this team has had plenty of quality in the past two seasons. 
but I find it less likely for them to be running from St. Paul on fire to Duluth and Rochester to find places to play. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to uproot your life, and with that might come your family, or you have to com- commute to far away to those places. Uh, and that seems like a lot to do when there are other options that are closer mm-hmm. in, say, the, the UPSL. Yeah. Um, but yes, there are some players that could move on to the NPSL, or other MPSL teams, but most of their guys, I think, will likely stay put in the cities, whether it's with the men's league, as I mentioned, or a few of them have actually reached out to us. And no, I'm not going to get into those names, Nate. Uh, um, <laughs> that's, that's for another show. Uh, but the last thing I, I will say on this note is that, you know, we're planning our preseason right now and as well our, our U23 regular season. So... <laughs> Listeners yeah. best believe that we'll be reaching out to VSLT to get them on our books one way or another. Um, and just because they're maybe taking a nap this year doesn't mean they're dead. So we'll, we'll try to fit them in to, to what we're doing, um, you know, like nothing happened, but the games just won't count uh, like they used to. I hope so. I mean, Juan and the VSLT organization, uh, all great people. I think Juan especially is always a nice, super nice guy, always greeting you. Um, the, you and, hot dogs on you the and me exactly when we come into to the games over there at Central, um, he's got a nice group of of people that help him with the tickets and that help run those concessions, and he I think him and his team represent a really important part of the Twin Cities soccer development scene that doesn't often get attention that and that is the strictly Hispanic side. Um, so really, I do wish them the best. I hope VSLT is able to participate in the NPSL next year. It's really um, it's a key aspect to, I think, what makes Minneapolis-St. Paul soccer so great, and that you have these, um, you have the ability for people from, you know, to kind of group up as they, you know, in their culture as they more see fit, and really be able to participate on something bigger than they would have uh, otherwise had the opportunity to with just yeah. men's league stuff. I I totally agree. But there was another bit of weird news that popped up recently, Nate. That was the merger of the Twin Stars Academy and Maple Brook Soccer Club. It's really fucking weird. Yeah. So this was far after there was a very public news that 2018 MASL Division I champions FC Minnesota, formerly Trendy Lions, were merging with Twin Stars NPSL. So, of course, there might be some technical difficulties in here for us to talk about on our show, Nate, regarding this topic. I see what you did there. That's like great. That? Yeah. <laughs> I think, John, um, just in your dealings with players and big, big swingers in the local soccer scene, uh, you got <laughs> swingers. big swingers. You got wind of, of the news of the Twin Stars merging with FC Minnesota pretty early. And I know you were talking to some because I think, like, Will played with FC Minnesota. Um, and so, so did Mark Hayt and I think the Oliver brothers, right? So it's like, yeah. you know, these dudes, yeah. um, the trendy lions are kind of, I think Chapman, former, former crow Chapman, Brian yeah. Chapman is on that team too. So that's like a whole, like it's a small world, mm-hmm. uh, in, in the soccer world, I think. And so Nate you kind of caught wind of this. Nate Engel plays for them too. And, and, uh, I, I think a few games, um, Brian Coleman suited up for them as well so we have we definitely have some crossover definitely kind of an old boy old boys club when it comes to comes to this team but at the time like you had you had your doubts about this this merger you kind of had told them like uh take it with a grain of salt yeah i did have my doubts nate um (laughs) i made them fairly vocal to the people that were uh were willing to listen um to me at the time it seemed like it was a case of 
the left hand not knowing what the right hand was doing. And that was clearly the case. Yeah. Um, if it were me and I was the Twin Stars, a merger like this looks to me like a way for me to not only bolster my squad, but to... Pre- a merger um, like the, the, the FC Minnesota merger that didn't happen? Yeah. To, a chance for me to bolster my squad and, and absorb a potential threat, um, knowing that, you know, F, uh, FC Minnesota, you know, they, they've got really good talent. Um and, and it would stop any future desire of FC Minnesota joining the league as an opponent. And, and of course it gives them a chance to try and take away the players that we talked about on the roster that played in the men's on the men's league team. Mm-hmm. And, and that could include some of our guys. So, but in true fashion, things with them with the twin stars completely fell apart. <laughs> uh, and it just shows how like half thought out that organization goes about things. It's really weird. So, so then we hear that, that's officially off the table. I mean, it could have made sense, right, to say like like you said, they they have a good base of players. They've got some talent. Obviously, Twin Stars in the past have had a hard time um, finding talent that can compete at the NPSL level, and and there it is, just sitting there on this FC Minnesota team. But um, I, that didn't happen. And suddenly, Maplebrook, a couple weeks ago on Twitter, announces that they are excited to join the NPSL. And that was super confusing to me. I think I even tweeted out with our with our account, just like, a, hmm, when I saw <laughs> what, that. What do we have here? Because you and I were just at and hanging around and schmoozing at the owners meeting. And I feel that that would have been something that came up in conversation and something that we would have heard about. Like, yo, the guys from Maplebrook are here and they're going to join the league. Yeah, I didn't see any Maplebrook contingent at the, uh, at the meetings either, Nate. <laughs> yeah, so... Who, uh, I wonder when this came together or how this came together. It doesn't feel like it. if they didn't need to be there, then is this really a Maplebrook enterprise at this point? Or is this a, a Yusuf Darbaki joint? Who knows? But luckily, um, DJ, this guy DJ at E Pluribus Lunum, did some digging. And even though he's a Duluth fan, we'll still um, thank him for the, for the research. Uh, we seem to have the full picture thanks to this. And that is... The Twin Stars as we knew them in the NPSL will now be the Maple Brook Twin Stars. Okay. And, and, it seem, <laughs> okay. and it seems like the Youth Academy is fully rolled. This Youth Academy that the Twin Stars really are known for um, is fully rolling into the Maple Brook organization and dropping the Twin Stars name entire, entirely. Um, TwinStars.com has been taken down or MinnesotaTwinStars.com. Uh, totally gone. Back to the GoDaddy stock page. Please buy this. Please buy this domain. Kind of a page. I'm thinking about buying it. I'm thinking yeah. about making the invest. The, the ten dollar investment. What, what could you do to, with the Mabel Bro- or with the Minnesota Twinstars dot com to just f with that team for the rest of your life? I'm not saying that anyone from our from our citizens contingent should should listen to me right now, but maybe listen to me right now. <laughs> Go buy the domain. It's not that expensive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you could have kept the maintenance, just kept it alive. Anyway, so outside the NPSL <laughs> team, the Twin Stars brand is basically dead, right? Because the women's team is now going to be the Fury. Um, Twin Stars really goes to it's the Maplebrook Twin Stars, but that's it. The Youth Academy's gone, and so John, my question is after kind of the, this is they passed up on a what seems like a pretty good opportunity to bolster their older roster their npsl competitive roster by merging with fc minnesota or absorbing fc minnesota instead what they do 
is maybe get seems to be get absorbed by Maple Brook. Like this feels like a really strange move for an organization that you know say what you say what you will about these guys, they're decent at developing young talent. They've got a number of kids in the Minnesota United uh, Academy system. They compete at a really high level in the U twelve to U nineteen age groups. I just don't get this. <laughs> Listen to me now. Buy the domain. <laughs> Maybe the Twin Stars parents that were tweeting at us should maybe just everyone throwing a couple bucks. No, someone attached to Minneapolis City buy this domain. <laughs> Diet Sassafras buy the domain. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> Hashtag they, Mitch buy the domain. Right. Exactly. Like just everyone throwing a dollar, <laughs> we can make it work. Um, well, Nate, as you know, our league is weird and things happen. And especially with that organization, weird things happen. Yeah. And you noted the Twin Stars have an incredibly strong youth setup. So I see this more as a merger, uh, as more of a play at leveling the Maple Brook um, youth team, like you noted, up. And not necessarily the NPSL side of things. And typically what I've seen is that youth kind of charged organizations tend to to not have as much success when they dip themselves into the amateur men's soccer pool uh, because it's just totally different from a organizational and logistical standpoint. So, I mean, if it were me and I was in charge again, I would be fielding less older players in my MPSL setup. Now that I have this, this true pipeline um, through the merger, yeah. and I, I would be promoting some of the great youth talent that they have instead of going back to the same guys every year. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's, <laughs> I, I hate to say it, but I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to matter. It's going to be the, I mean, at this point, this is a, it, it, their young Academy players on Maple Brook are not ready yet. I don't think they have an old enough program to have, they might. to have kids that can play at the NPSL level. So for the next year or so, we're still going to be playing the Twin Stars, basically. We're still going to be playing the the dick-stomping, crotch-biting Twin Stars. <laughs> I, I guess, you know, I, I, and that kind of is why I, I fall into the I don't care category, because do you think Yusuf's going to give up any of his control of the NPSL team, being a founding member of the league, yeah. being a board member? Like, no way. He's not going to walk away. So I think this is an opportunity for him to shift his responsibility for the Youth Academy onto Maple Brook. Yeah. And then for him to focus on the NPSL team. And hopefully, with that focus, he levels up his quality on that side. And we have a, a true, better, more, uh, more um, talent rich game against them versus what we're used to. And that might give him maybe a little more even though he is a founding member that might give him a little more um, credibility in some of these meetings to be known as someone that's got a legitimate program instead of someone that pulls a bunch of fucking shenanigans and fields a team of idiots. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I, so I hope so. That, I mean, that, that, that's a great point. Cause at first I looked at this and thought it was totally win, win for Maple Brook. Like it gives those kids a path to play at a higher level. Um, you know, their youth Academy only gets, a ton more players to add to the pool. Um, but yeah, that's a good point that maybe now you, it means that Yusuf can focus on his NPSL level team, but whatever, we'll see what happens, right? It shouldn't affect us or the NPSL in the present. 
it shouldn't, you know, but, you know, like you noted, it's, it's kind of a win-win for Maplebrook. Um, it gives their academy players that pathway to a higher level, uh, but I, it really should have no effect on the MPSL. Um, it, and it, I, I see nothing but a name change here at the highest level. Yeah. It, it just, I just hope that it works out for Maplebrook and they're not kind of left in the dust, but because of the merger, you know, any sort of merger is either a success or a complete failure and there's really no in between. Mm. So let's hope that it leads to the successful side because that only helps our division. But if it goes the opposite way, we're just going to keep doing our thing and just watching from afar and buy the domain. (laughs) (laughs) So, Hey, Nate. Mm. So the team, sorry, I just took a drink of beer. Yeah, right. I didn't. Yeah. I hope you didn't expect me to answer. Yeah. So Nate, <laughs> what is the meaning of life? <laughs> well, hold on. Yeah. Uh, so the team promised the club promised some player signings at the beginning of in uh, January and have begun to deliver on that promise. But it comes after and in the middle of a very thorough trial process and player valuation process. Yeah. So we try. I feel like we talk about this every once in a while. Like, how are the trials going? There, it's there's a curtain dropped in front of, in front of a, a normally very visible um, Minneapolis City operations, uh, you know, view, and it's now we're at the point where you're basically handpicking players, right, to come back for one or two last looks. Like we're about to lift the curtain up and reveal the team, aren't we? Uh, pretty soon, Nate. Um, the trials went really well. We we kind of meet as as a coaching staff after each session for a, a few summits to de- debrief and all of us at, after the, the third of the fourth session said, if we were to select the best 18 players from the trials we had, um, and that was just our team, we'd have a real good shot at winning the MPSL North conference. And that's not an easy thing to just throw out there, um, knowing the quality we have, but this has by far been the best start to a season that we've had in our existence. I mean that's pretty that's that's a that's a bold statement, John, to say it like is, oh, we could have we could have been good and now we're gonna be great. Well, it, I mean, it, it's it's not to to dispel the quality we have and the returners that we have, um, but it's just more so the to to get out there for the folks that are interested in this process at, at the quality of people that we look for. Yeah, you know, and and just because. You know, we have A.O. and Trey and Matt Elder and Ben Wexler and Martin and Whitney Brown. Doesn't mean that we're, we're still looking at the highest caliber of player that fits within our parameters being from Minnesota. So um, it's all true, man. Um, and as it stands right now, we looked at 60 players over the course of four sessions. And on top of that, uh, we had a fifth session, which was 35 players that came in for our first open trial. So before you jump into your next segment, I just want to say... This is new to the rundown. I didn't see this. So this is really exciting for me, too. The first <laughs> I'm going to even hear about these numbers that you're about to, to rattle off. You're going to lift up the hood, Nate. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, or the skirt, whatever you want to know. <laughs> you, you snuck this say. in. I don't know. Either that or I wasn't paying attention. You were just not, were just not, not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> I was writing the rest of your content. Classic us. <laughs> <laughs> so from an MPSL perspective, well, here's what we have. We have 18 returning players. Four players being elevated fully from last year's U23 team. Mm-hmm. And these are all preliminary. Like, things could happen. But this is kind of where we're at right now. 
Um, and we're looking at 10 players who we're inviting back for the last round of trials. Um, and then we will have one more spring open trial for which we'd like to potentially sign six more players. Oh, you missed a line. Um, which one? Oh, and uh, we've signed four new players that uh, are, are brand new and, and didn't come to us through trials. Brand new to the system, not elevated from U23. Yep, or from the trial. Yeah, wow. So, uh, and there's a potential for one more of them that's uh, kind of chasing down logistics and kind of crossing T's and dotting I's uh, yeah. to, make a, to make a move. So, so you're looking uh, at about 32 players on the NPSL roster. Uh, around there, that'll all depend on uh, on what the front office says to us. But uh, yes, that's what we'd like to from a from a coaching staff perspective. Cool. So, uh, so some familiar faces are going to continue to be uh, announced, mm-hmm. but we're also going to have some new people and uh, and some promotions, if you will. Yep, and and some more. So. What that means from a U23 perspective is we have 17 returning players from our U23 team last year, and then 15 players that we we are likely going to be offering um, player agreements to uh, that came to us from our invite trials. So, if you if you go back to where I where I mentioned that we um, we could pick the best 18 out of that that trial. Mm-hmm. Um, 15 of that 18 are going straight into our U23 setup. Nice. And then we have a few, we have, you know, some of those 10 players that we're looking at um, that uh, could potentially fill our last remaining spots on the MPSL team could also be signed uh, for the U23 team. Um, And again, we've, we've identified 10 players from the 17 that we have returning from the U23s and the 15 that we're bringing in. Um, 10 of those players uh, we'd like to elevate. They're on like our future elevate list. Mm-hmm. Um, if there were any problems with uh, with the MPSL team, the AAA level, ready to get called up. Right. Yeah. The the uh, the Baseball America hot prospect list. Yeah. <laughs> I guess if you will. I think that's so, crazy that there are t- there's ten players on the U23 team that you think could succeed at the NPSL level. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Pretty heavy on talent. So to the untrained eye. This looks like a ton of guys for two teams. Yeah, that's about, um, well, you said, we said something like 32 plus 20, 30, another 32. That's a lot of dudes. Yeah, so I'll break it down. I'll break it down here. Um, We know that for a number of reasons, not everyone will be available for the season. So, number one, life gets in the way and people can't make games. Mm -hmm. People get hurt. Mm Mm-hmm. The college boys come in late or they, uh, from into camp or they go back to school early. We have players that are studying abroad this semester, uh, this, this semester and, and they're coming in to, the, to camp after the season starts. Uh, guys are, you know, we, we find out that traveling away is hard. We knew that in our division, but that killed us last year with uh, two times when we had draws against away at Aris and at Sioux Falls. Yep. And we need to to create fierce position battles to make sure that we're getting the best product out there on the field. So we need to have these numbers. We need to have, you know, one or two backups in certain positions so that we can make sure that the, the top guy is, is being pushed or being elevated over. 
So it, it's all a must. We, we definitely need to have this, this, this level of competition within our own squad. So again, it looks like big numbers. Um, they may not shake out to be as much as many of those players as I mentioned, but you know, we're looking at, you know, around the 28 to 30, 32 tops for each of our teams. So two things on this, John, first is like, I think the last point you made is key, right? This, this culture of this balance that you've created a culture of fierce position battles where uh, guys are always looking over their shoulder. It's like how you described the trial process in Germany to me, right? Is that like you go in there and you're on trial. I think Trey, Trey has kind of told us the same thing. You go in there and you're on trial and, and nobody likes you (laughs) because, because you're there to take the, take their job. Nobody's going to smile. Nobody's going to give you the time of the day. You are suddenly in a foreign country. Like, trying to steal jobs from from germans every moment is a job interview right and so that's an interesting aspect of the of that culture that you're bringing into the team and it's balanced this is the coolest part for me is that it's balanced by this um the hashtag the brotherhood right you've got the two guys that we're about to talk talk about here on the first two signings are probably the foundation of this culture but like all the players are there for each other but they're still competing against each other. They want each other to be the best to, you know, to create those kind of rivalries and those battles, but they want to, they do it in the most um, supportive way, which is a really hard, I feel like would be a really hard culture to, to cultivate. Well, also we have to look at from a club perspective, what are, what, what we will be, you know, two to five years down the road. Yeah. We're not going to be able to lean on the same core of players that we have in our first four seasons. Got to get that pipeline so, going. So we have to get the pipeline going, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's not to to speak ill of the guys that have gotten us here. It's just the natural attrition of the game where players age out and and at our level of soccer, someone gets a better job in Boston like Brandon McGarity did and you're like Oh, don't go. You you need to play on our soccer team in the summer. Like, no, we're not going to say that. You know, like yeah. So so we have to think about those things beyond just where what players are we going to get for this year. We're building and, players, but most importantly, John, we're building citizens. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I like what you did there. But you look at our counterparts in in Rochester or in Duluth, um, and then even VSLT last year. They spend a significant amount of money housing players because they don't have that pipeline. Mm-hmm. So, and VSLT tried to create it with their their men's league teams, and um, you know some of these teams have also talked about uh, in our division have also talked about um, you know what what they can do to to mimic us, and you know <laughs> you know imitation is the biggest form of flattery, right? Where you know. Teams are trying to, to look at what we did with our U23s and how successful we were because of them last year um, and, and elevating that into their, their program. But it's hard. Good luck. And I think we've, we've got to jump on that. And we also – I mean, look at what happened to Dakota. Like, they got – they didn't get, like, one or two guys back. And look how bad they were last year. Yeah. <laughs> they were awful. <laughs> so so we're trying to, to you know, to eliminate that from – what we do by by having larger groups of numbers and and getting guys to buy in and you know each year as we get older you'll see you know names and familiar faces uh not not on the roster and that's just the the reality of the situation but yeah man 
until that happens, we're going to continue to put out the, the best squad we can and have the following, the follow-up numbers right behind them waiting to come, to come in. It's like suddenly Danny Ainge wasn't a three point shooting star for the Celtics. He was a coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the, well, you, you also kind of brought up something that um, was really what I wanted to get into set in my second point that you, you said like, you're just like, you're building these numbers. Like it's nice to have this pipeline. And, and it struck me that, you're at about 64 rostered players across two teams. And when you add... Give or take. Give or take, right? When you add the U19s next year, now we're looking at probably a total of 100 quality players across, you know, 10 to 15 years worth of of uh, of soccer talent in this state. That's That's a pretty good that's a pretty good like bellwether for just how good Minnesota soccer is. Well, and not to mention what we're rolling out in our, with our MASL teams, right. Our segments organization. So you could throw onto that another 60 players that are quality that might not necessarily be um, quality for the MPSL or the U23 right now, but given their opportunity, they could elevate. So from like a, from a branding perspective, Dan, when you once once we slap this U nineteen team onto the onto the caboose of this train, like we've got at least one hundred of the best soccer players in Minnesota, the best local soccer players, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's a pretty good that's a pretty good thing to tell people if they wanna if they're interested in local talent. Well, yeah, exactly, and it speaks to how well as an organization from top down. Um, we stuck to our mission and, you know, we had a less than ideal season two years ago with the talent we brought in and we could have easily just started to go the way of the rest of the NPSL and started figuring out how we could house players that weren't from Minnesota and we could have gone through that route, but we didn't. We stuck with it. We, we did our due diligence on the recruiting trail and we brought in and we tried to uncover everyone we could. And, you know, we still find players from our, um, our open trial process. There's quite a few this year that are being elevated that uh, we'll talk about when we get to our full roster breakdowns. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's exciting to see it all kind of in, in our fifth season. Actually, like, the tread on the tires has hit the road. Yeah, this is a real thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we've got two player signings tonight. Um, that we've announced so far, the first to be announced, and probably the first in the hearts of longtime Crow supporters. Let's talk about uh, about our two old guys. <laughs> I'm sure they're gonna kill you for saying they're old. Um, but I, I want to caveat before we dive in. So the first two player signings were voted to the All PLA Team of the Year in our first year. Um, so we're super glad that they're back uh, with us because of their quality. So first off, we have in goal, Mr. Matt Elder, uh, breaking down some stats here, some stat cast. Mm-hmm. Um, he's played in a total of 35 games over over four seasons, uh, logged just over 3,000 minutes, and earned one red card. Uh, we we weren't able to uncover any actual goalkeeper statistics. so sorry, They don't Matt. keep those. Yeah, we don't, we don't really keep those. <laughs> It's kind of just been you, so I'm sure you're the you're the leader out of the clubhouse when it comes to goalkeeping stats. Um, we'll we'll try to we'll try to uh, do a better job of that next time. 
but Matt came to us during year one and, and quickly needed no convincing that, the, that what we created was what he wanted to be a part of. And, I mean, you can just ask the guy and, you know, he just bleeds Minneapolis city and he quickly won the number one Jersey and really never looked back from there in 2018. He did give away to big game James for the early part of the season, but quickly inserted himself into the starting spot and kept the undefeated streak alive, including a huge penalty kick save against Duluth in the dying minutes of the first half that could have really swung the game in the wrong direction and, and could have meant uh, we would have had to do a lot more work mm-hmm. to win the title last year. Um, but Crow historians will also remember the save he made on a ball off the line off of a corner kick to preserve the hardest fought win in club history, the three to two away win versus Madison with 11 players in year one in like 10,000 degree heat. Um, but he, and he recently got married this off season. Yay. So, so con- congrats to he and the missus. They can finally move out of his mom's basement and uh, they have a, a recently purchased house of their own. So good to see that Matt grew up off the field as well. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, the second person we have is is Mr. Ben Wexler. Ben has played 28 games, logging just over uh, 1,800 minutes with two assists and three goals. Uh, the three goals coming in three different uh, uh, competitions. Three different competitions. One in the PLA, one in the U.S. Open Cup, and one in the MPSL. Uh, much like Matt, Wex is about as much of a club player that as any in our ranks he brings his own brand of fun to the party uh he's kind of the club connector in the locker room he's the one who established the uh the brotherhood uh as a mantra in and in our first ever competitive match versus the bavarians sporting the second best mustache on the team that day he was at big portions of that match the best player on the field for both teams who had the best mustache uh, andy laurie oh that's right <laughs> He looks like a ridiculous porn star. He looked like you shouldn't allow him around your children. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, but Ben is just a solid player, uh, willing to always fit into whatever plan for the team we throw at him. And, and most recently, he bounced back from a season-shortened injury uh, by uh, versus in a tackle versus Duluth on on Memorial Day that. <laughs> It made some some nasty crunching sounds uh, up up into the stands, um, but super happy to have him back because not only is he a fantastic soccer player, but he's just he like Matt. They're just club guys, and and you need those type of players if you, if you really want to kind of bring all this together. They they need to be the glue. So and also if you need good hair care products, just give him a ring. He'll, he'll help you out. <laughs> That's his day job, right? You yeah, can't exactly. believe it's such a weird thing. His family owns a. Uh... A hair care warehouse. They just <laughs> right. sell beauty products. <laughs> his Instagram, <laughs> is it his Snapchat or his Instagram? Is super. His Snapchat's super funny to follow because he posts all these bizarre pictures of like mannequins, just yeah, heads, like, just yeah. heads with creepy doll hair. Or he'll be at like a he'll be at like a like a hair I got like a hair product convention, <laughs> and it'll just be a bunch of stylists doing uh doing crazy hairstyles and he's just some dope in the background taking pictures <laughs> uh but he's our dope damn it he's our dope happy to have him back i'll put the uh i'll put the fish back on the on the game day playlist just for you wexy <laughs> and and also i i find it funny that um in uh, i i've been asking him for for three years now like 
what's it going to take to to get Beautycraft to be a sponsor of Minneapolis <laughs> City? And he's like, we got no money, man. <laughs> so he said, but I can I can give every guy every guy like some shampoo samples for the road. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, could you imagine? It'd be like it's like when Everton shows up with Angry Birds on their shoulder. Like, could we? Could you imagine if we show up and it's just beauty care on our on our chest? Beauty craft. Okay? Beauty craft, yeah, even better. Yeah. Right, the DIY. Uh, of soccer meets the DIY of beauty products. That's right. That is all for this episode, folks. Thank you, as always, to our sponsor, Summit Brewing. Summit's Ratskeller Reserve box comes to stores. Came to stores last month, featuring re- re- revived reserved beers originally brewed for a very limited time offer. If you like your drinking experience to surprise you, pick up one of those boxes today. Summit, a more meaningful brew since 1986. If you love giving back to the community, and that means a lot to you, maybe it's time to give back to the club that loves to give back. Minneapolis City is a 501c3 and provides a safe and reliable and a fun environment for young people to play the beautiful game. Look for us this summer playing with kids in parks and community centers around the city and consider a tax-deductible donation to a truly city-focused organization. Send us mail. It's super easy. You can hit us up at the People's Pitch or through email at mcscpodcast at gmail.com. All questions, comments, and concerns are welcome. And finally, as always, you can hit up the club at SC. Again, that's all for this week, folks. Once again, we leave you with our house MC, Miles Stockton-Willis, a.k.a. Lays, who is participating in the Winter Jam featuring a live performance by the one, the only, Yin Yang Twins. No way! Uh, yeah, absolutely. The Yin Yang Twins. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> Yin Yang Twins. To the window, to the walls. Those dudes. <laughs> Those dudes. Yep. <laughs> they're we're du- they're dusting them off for the winter jam. They're getting uh, low. Uh, they're all also performing is Rico Novation and Afflicted, as well as our man Malays and a special special celebrity guest host and autographed shoes by Lindsay Whalen, whatever that means. Um, She's autographed but- some shoes. Yeah, I guess I don't know whatever kind of shoes, um, but the 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 location of this wonderful event is the Wild Boar Pub and Grill, and that'll be on Friday, February eighth. Doors open at eight p.m. Entry is twenty dollars, thirty dollars for VIP tickets. So again, February eighth, the Winter Jam featuring Malays and the Yin Yang Twins at the Wild Boar Bar and Grill. Is that the one in Hopkins? It could be. Um, but anyways. <laughs> that's, I, that's so amazing. I mean, I think if you missed the Yin Yang Twins at the last zombie pub crawl that they were supposed to play at, this is the this is the time to go catch them for real. This may be the last time you get to see the Yin Yang Twins. <laughs> so anyways, we digress into more important things. The season starts on Thursday with preseason training on the books, folks. Get hyped and you got hooked. See, I 
I see the real you. Yeah, boo, I found you. So don't ever frown when loneliness is around you. I'ma show you that someone should crown you, not clown you. But person who hurts you would never hurt you. Critical and distance touches digital. Biblical, till death, love is unconditional. Telling us we're a team and not two individuals. For you, I give my spleen, the spiritual and the physical. Loving what is fragile isn't always fixable. But I see what's invisible. See it affects visuals. Grab my hand, hold it. We gon' think the unthinkable. I promise we will float that our boat's unsinkable. I promise I'ma drown in you. Drown. Let you drown in me. Reveal the recipe. You I love to overfeed. I love it. Let's proceed slowly. Not go bad like moldy. No. Ravioli, rigatoni. Girl, I'm free falling for you. Still, temptation follows free. Just tell me when you fall for me. Please. Just tell me when you fall. about to give it, but I'm staying true. true. If I sin, may I be forgiven for a few. You. What we got to lose? Nothing. You just gotta listen. listen. Such a good girl. Great. Just made a bad decision. One, one and done. She looking fine. Nothing missing. Nothing. But got my hands tied like I'm the villain. Evil. Only swallows pride, but I'm sometimes kidding. Finger liquor kitty. After, be the kitten. Cute shit. Kiss me softer than a baby's grip. New sense of high when she bites her lower lip. If she quit, make my heart skip, then snip When we're together like ice cream mixed with some mint Pepper, shawty had to rescue my respiratory Wants a man, who's a man, that is mandatory Only without her off the path, like I never met with Dory Help her write her story, take the qualms out her quarry Girl, I'm free, falling for you Still, temptation follows free Just tell me when you fall for me, please Just tell me when you fall Girl, I'm free, falling for you Follows free. Just tell me when you fall for me, please. Just tell me when you fall free. Selfie timeless as the rollie. Always be my plus one. Shotty is my bogey. In it for the long haul, not for the trophy. Every day, feeling greater than Tony. Falling for her, and I think she falling for me too. Falling like two V's, make a double U. Type of dude to build you up and make the rubble move. Type of dude to have my phone out all in front of you. Only cause you got my back. Presence always sets the mood. Never starts any trouble without any proof. No problems if there was, make the puzzle poof. Lap it up. Goofballs, you should see the spoof. Girl, I'm free falling for you. Still, temptation follows free. Just tell me when you fall for me, please. Just tell me when you fall. Free. Girl, I'm free falling for you. Still, temptation follows free.